Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, 2017 has so far proven to be a somewhat awkward year for the Church of Scientology. Of course, the year started with this uh, A&E show, Leah Remini, Scientology in the Aftermath, which, by the way, has just been renewed for a second season. But some pretty shocking revelations in that show from uh, a celebrity who was on the inside. Leah Remini was a member of the Church of Scientology and a very high-profile defector from the church. So just what she knows and saw and went through and others that she's talked to, got some pretty shocking uh, stories to tell. And in the news this week, we've got some pretty shocking stories. Uh, this one here, out of Tennessee, a group of psychiatric facilities owned and run by the Church of Scientology have been closed after local police found some patients being held against their will. Uh, the Cannon Courier out of Cannon County, Tennessee, and nearby these facilities. Reports of the buildings are now permanently closed. Three suspects have been charged. But, I mean, is this par for the course when it comes to the Church of Scientology? Certainly it dovetails well with uh, other stories we've heard. Well, someone who's been covering the Church of Scientology for, well, two decades now uh, has a lot of insight on how they operate and why we should be concerned. I'm very pleased to welcome to the program Tony, uh, Tony Ortega. You can read The Underground Bunker at TonyOrtega.org. He's also an author of the book, The Unbreakable Miss Lovely, from a couple of years ago. Tony, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Rob, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, you know, and we, we got a mutual friend in, in Mark Ebner. I've talked to Mark a lot over the years, too. And, I mean, you, you can relate oh, okay. to some of these stories about how the church goes after not just ex-members, but, but critics and journalists. And you've experienced that firsthand, too, haven't you? I have, and and let me tell you, I've been keeping an eye on this Tennessee place for years. It's it's notorious, uh, and what it goes back to, Rob, you're probably familiar. There was a very famous death in Scientology of a young woman named Lisa McPherson back in 1995, and she died because they put her through something called the introspection rundown, also called the baby watch. L. Ron Hubbard had this theory that if you had somebody who had a psychotic break, you just lock them in a room isolate them from the world, isolate them from any kind of input, and somehow they'll magically get better. This is a very dangerous bit of quackery that they've practiced on people and that ended up killing someone back in 1995, right in their headquarters in Florida. That's why they started this place in rural Tennessee, is they wanted a place where these mentally ill people, some of them Scientologists, some of them not, could be taken and put into isolation. And I've, I've reported several stories over several years about people that were taken there that was, were treated terribly, and one had to be rescued. And I was waiting for something to happen with this place. And sure enough, this new incident has really blown it up. Well, why do you think they moved in Tennessee? Because it seems like, as you say, similar things have been going on in Scientology facilities elsewhere that, that authorities are loath to, to do anything about. Well, I think they moved there because they had that death in, in Florida in 1995. And at that point, when Lisa McPherson died, the Church of Scientology itself was indicted 
by the state police in Florida. And um, they, it was it was one of the worst, uh, you know, publicity problems for the church for a long time. I think they realized that if they were going to practice this this quack cure that it needed to be somewhere out of sight. And that's why they, uh, you know, this facility started in Tennessee. Now, let me make it really clear. The people who were running this organization were Scientologists, but the, the church did not own this facility. It was owned by these Scientologists. But I did get the man, the man who ran it, is, who owned it and ran it, his name is Mark Vallier. I got him on the phone for a previous story a couple of years ago, and I was asking him about a particular patient. He referred me to the Church of Scientology Hollywood Celebrity Center. So there's no question he was working with the church to treat people there, but it is not. it was not specifically a Scientology facility. All right, so who's being sent there? I mean, are, are these Scientology members then who, who are being sent there? Some of them are, some of them aren't. Uh, I'm going to have a story tomorrow specifically about one of the uh, young men who was rescued. Um, and I, I can tell you that he had only a tiny involvement in Scientology when he went there, and the rest of his family did not. Um, but they, but what, they, what these patients were getting was this Scientology treatment called the introspection rundown or the baby watch. And they're just supposed to be locked in a room. So when the sheriff, so the, the, the young man himself called 911. And the sheriff went out there and asked the, the person working there, open this cabin up. It was locked from, with a padlock from the outside. They opened the door, and the only thing in the entire cabin is a couple of sheets. As, as they noted in their uh, police report, there was nothing to keep somebody alive in there. And, that, and it, of course, it was filthy. And this is the kind of condition they keep people in. So I, I believe this kind of thing has been going on there for years, and they finally just got caught. Three men were charged. They all they got away pretty easily. Two of them pled to misdemeanors, and the owner operator um, was allowed to get into a diversion program and only got two uh, two years of probation, even though he was facing two felony counts. Yeah, now I've seen some media accounts refer to these as, as psychiatric facilities. Of course, Scientology is very hostile towards psychiatry, uh, and they take a very different view of, of how to treat people. So, uh, tell us a bit more than about this this philosophy of theirs and and why sure. they feel this is how people need to be treated. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, a mischaracterization. Calling anything Scientology is involved in psychiatric is just completely wrong. Scientology hates psychiatry with a white-hot passion because their founder did. L. Ron Hubbard uh, supposedly approached the psychiatric profession with his ideas and were rejected. And so ever since then, he harbored a grudge against psychiatry. So to this day, Scientology tries to demonize psychiatrists and psychologists. And so that what they're doing there is not psychiatry. Again, uh, Hubbard came up with this idea that if you just lock up a schizophrenic in a room and deny them any kind of stimulation, nothing to see, nothing to hear, that somehow they will magically cure themselves in a few days. It's, it's dangerous. There's nothing scientific about it. And yet, because Hubbard wrote that down, one of the key characteristics of Scientology is it's all based on the ideas of L. Ron Hubbard. He died in 1986. They can't change any of his ideas. So even though, even though they've killed people doing this, they continue to do it because they can't change his rules. All right, Tony, stand by if you can. I want to take a break and uh, focus on a couple other big stories that have been cooking. Uh, some reports surfacing this week as well of what the FBI 
has been looking into as it pertains to the Church of Scientology, and this could potentially be very big. I want to talk a bit more as well about some of the fallout from that uh, Leah Remini show and how it exposed some of these uh, very disturbing controversial practices within the Church of Scientology. Uh, Tony Ortega is on the line with us, editor of the Underground Bunker, more TonyOrtega.org. We're back with more right after this. Right, we're back with journalist uh, and author Tony Ortega talking about the Church of Scientology and some uh, bad news for them this week. Uh, Tony, let's talk about this FBI investigation that goes back to 2009, 2010. Uh, the church denied at the time that there was any such investigation. I guess now this week we've got some confirmation that in- indeed there was. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any doubt that it happened because I've been talking to the people that were the informants in that investigation for years. But it is nice to finally get these documents from the FBI itself that document these interviews they did with people and show that these um, special agents at the FBI took this very seriously as a forced labor uh, case, uh, also known as human trafficking. And they had gathered a lot of evidence about that, specifically about the way workers are treated in what's called Scientology's Sea Organization or Sea Org. Uh, and, and locations like their secretive international uh, management base east of Los Angeles, as well as a base that's right in Los Angeles. And, you know, they just gathered a lot of, data, you know, proof that these young people are working around the clock with never, no time off. Uh, young women who got pregnant in the CR were forced to have abortions. Um, they were they were paid pennies an hour if they were paid at all so that they wouldn't have enough money to leave. Really, you know, just shocking for America in the 21st century that this was going on. And then what became of the investigation, though? Rob, you know what? It's really com- complex. Um, in the movie Going Clear, uh, and I'm, I'm very fortunate I was in that movie. In that movie, yeah. Lawrence Wright and Alex Gibney make the point that there was a civil lawsuit going on at the same time. A a couple named Mark and Claire Headley had sued the church for basically the same thing, forced labor, and they had lost. And and, and, and partly it had to do with, you know, Scientology's protection as a church. And because of the Headley loss, um, Gibney and and Wright said that that discouraged the FBI and and it showed that if they tried to prosecute it, they, they wouldn't win. But the people who were actually uh, talk, you know, the informants in the investigation, including the Headleys, tell me that they really believe it was something else. And it's, it's pretty complicated. If you can see on my website, I've written about it. It involves an FBI agent trying to help the Headleys in their case by getting them a document that they otherwise wouldn't get. And, they, and, and Headley and Mike Rinder believe that the Church of Scientology then went to the Justice Department to say, look, the, the FBI is biased against this and got the investigation killed that way. Uh, the, the thing I'm disappointed about with this FBI file, it's, it's, a, it's a treasure trove of information about what was going on, but it does not have any indication of why the investigation was ended. So I, 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 you know, I, I've reported what those uh, informants said, but really ultimately we have no confirmation why they gave up. And it's a mystery because there's so much evidence of, of really just horrific treatment of people. And these are individuals that were members of what's known as Sea Org, right? That's right. They signed billion-year contracts. Yeah. And most of them ha- were, were born in Scientology, and they get recruited when they're about 12 or 13 years old. Uh, there's actually a fascinating lawsuit going on in Los Angeles. A young woman signed her billion-year contract when she was 12. At that point, they put her on the uh, kids' schedule, which was 90 hours a week, seven days a week, no time, uh, you know, no days off. When she turned 13, she then got moved to the adult schedule of 112 hours a week. 
and they would take home a paycheck of about $25 to $40 a week, and sometimes they would go months or even years without any pay at all. Things seem to be changing, though, Tony. I mean, I get the sense that, you know, in the past, uh, a lot of people in the media didn't really want to touch any of this. But, uh, I mean, HBO was uh, willing to to go to the mat to air going clear. We had uh, A&E, same thing, to air Leah Remini's show that they've actually, they're going to bring back for a second season now. Uh, We've seen as well some of these high-profile defectors from the church who are spilling the beans on a lot of what's going on on the inside. So has all of this marked a turning point in your view? You know, it's been a long time coming. It's it's a fascinating story in itself that there were some very brave people in the 1990s when the Internet started up, really took advantage of it to get some of this information out. They they paid the price. Scientology went really went after people uh, using the Internet to write about Scientology in the 90s. They survived that. And then we have things like the Anonymous Movement in 2008 that, that really made it tough for Scientology to retaliate against people because there were so many Suddenly there were so many people providing information. And then I think the other thing that's really important is that there was a whole wave of top uh, officials in the church who left between 2004 and 2009 and then began speaking out publicly that year. And that, you know, those, that, that group of people are, you know, Marty Rathen, Mike Rinder, Amy Scobie, Jefferson Hawkins. These are the same people who were behind the movie Going Clear, who were in Leah's show. I mean, this has really been the big, uh, I think, breaking point that's made it just really difficult for Scientology to try to bully people into silence. Yeah, that's what's been so fascinating to watch these these documentaries. I mean, Marty Rathburn, who was high up in the church. I mean, Mike Rinder, who was kind of the public face of the church, would go around and, and do these interviews defending the church, and to hear him now come out and talk about, you know, the, the, the lies that he was forced to tell and just, uh, you know, and how that became such, too much. Yeah, and he's been doing such a good job on Leah's show, and they're right now they're filming season two, and they've connected with a, a really fascinating audience. I mean, Going Clear was the most watched documentary on HBO in, in a decade. But Leah's show is reaching an audience I've never seen before that just people are shocked and stunned and they're really connecting with the, with the story emotionally. And so that's why I'm really looking forward to watching season two. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Well, in the meantime, much more on all of this. Again, TonyOrtega.org. Uh, the book is called The Unbreakable Miss Lovely. Great talking to you here, Tony. Thanks so much for joining us. Rob, thanks for having me on. All right, take care. That is uh, Tony Ortega, editor of the Underground Bunker at uh, TonyOrtega.org, and his book, The Unbreakable Miss Lovely, How the Church of Scientology Tried to Destroy Paulette Cooper, a book he published uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, All right, 403-974-TALK is a number, 974-8255. Quick break. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.